Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Brian Foster on Kardak Radio, presenting the program Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. Hello, and we are we are being broadcast live on three different channels right now at four o'clock Pacific Time on July second. 2017. We are on Blog Talk Radio, which you can call in. Let me give the number to call in if you want to call in live. You can stream us. Uh, and the number is 858-769-4705. Again, it's 858-769-4705. We are also broadcasting live on Cardec Radio. That is a app you can get for your Android or your iPhone device. Go to, go to the App Store or the Play Store. Look for Kardec, K-A-R-D-E-C, radio, and you can listen to Spiritist broadcast 24 hours a day. It's pretty exciting. And this is all done by the Spiritist Society of Virginia that's doing so much for Spiritist. In fact, I was out there a couple of weeks ago. It was a wonderful experience. And then on the third way, we are broadcasting live on our Facebook site, Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. This is only our second broadcast. Again, in this broadcast, you can put in comments as I am speaking. I will read the comments and then uh, try to answer your questions. So you have different ways of listening and speaking to me or writing to me. There's also a chat room in the bottom of Blog Talk Radio. So I want to get started here. So tonight's program is something very close to my heart. We, I just want to go over the review of a wonderful book uh, by the Spirit Emmanuel, who was Chico Xavier's uh, mentor, as many people know. And this is the book. This is On the Way to the Light. This book, this book is marvelous. This, I cannot say enough things about this. So On the Way to the Light by the Spirit of Manuel, psychographed by Francisco C. Xavier. You can find that on Amazon or on the EDI, CEI book, uh, bookstore. If you want to go to my blog site, I have it even on the icon on the upper right. It's nwspiritism.com. And then when you go to my blog, you can, hit, you can click on the picture of Alan Kardec in the upper right, and that will take you to the EDI, CEI bookstore. It has all the books in English. Yeah, there's a lot of books in Portuguese, many more in other languages, in Spanish and French, too, on that site. But here, for, for our audience, I, I guess most people are interested in the English translation. You will find this book there or on Amazon. You can look for it on Amazon.com. So it was written in 1938 and first published in English in 2011. Emmanuel details how the spirit world has managed and channeled the human race from the conception of our planet to the present. All on a road to a higher plateau, all made to bring us from a primitive planet to a, we're now a planet of atonement, and next to get us to a planet of regeneration. And I'll explain what those, what those are uh, in a bit, but first I want to get more into the book. And what we, what I want to do in this program is survey the book and, and, and provide the commentary of key events described by Emmanuel. It is intended to introduce the reader to a different aspect of spiritism. Whereas most literature concentrates on our personal relationship uh, 
to our own spiritual progress. That's what most spiritist uh, speakers talk about. I uh, wanted tonight to talk about more of kind of a process and how, how the spirit world actually works with us. On the way to the light exposes the larger manipulation of the human race by the spirit plane. Emmanuel also provides hints as to why the spirit world follows certain strategies. So if you think we're all chaos and the, the cycle of history uh, is just like random events, well, I have news for you, just like our own destiny, as I didn't know when I, before I found spiritism, which I'll talk more about in next week's program. I will learn, I learned, I should say, that not only is each of our lives set in a certain manner, we have blueprints for our lives, but the history of the world is also set. It is. This is why this book, I'm going to show you this book one more time, because I just, I read this book, I got so excited. I mean, this upended everything. So many books and articles have been written about the personal effects of spiritism, right? So, and, and the, the whole philosophy and how our lives are assisted by our guiding spirits, how we select our lives to learn and better ourselves. It's all very important. And to achieve levels of purity, that's why we're here, right? We're, we're here to uh, go up to higher in ascension. So, but how we select our lives to learn and better ourselves to advance levels of purity so we are able to help others and contribute to society. And On the Way to the Light is a different type of book, and this is a different type of of radio program for you. I think you should find it uh, very interesting. On the Way to the Light by the Spirit Manuel, again, I would say it's psychographed by Francisco C. Xavier, was written originally in 1938. Before the official start of World War II, as far as the uh, United States went into, of course, World War II actually started earlier as far as in uh, different areas, China, Japanese, China conflict, etc. So it vividly details how the spirit world has managed and channeled the human race from the conception of our planet to the present on the road to our platoon. This book uphands everything we know about history. Everything we know about history, I just want to say that again. Whatever you read about history, now, the basic facts are there, but why, what happened, what are the original things for, for uh, empires growing and, and collapsing? This book, this book will, will tell you on the way to the light. I cannot say enough about how uh, people should read it. So, first... Let's start from the very beginning, right? So Adam and Eve never existed. Now, many of us either believe in the words of the Bible, believe the story of Adam and Eve to be an allegory about the first taste of sin. and But both of these in- interpretations are incorrect. This is what Emmanuel states in the book. Adam and Eve are remembrance of spirits exiled on the dark landscape of earth. And that was on page 29. So exiled from where? This is very interesting. Exiled from another planet which resides in the Capella system. Several million spirits who had not attained the full level of compassion and virtue were transferred to the planet Earth. England performed a similar transfer of undesirable people to Australia over 200 years ago. So we now know where they got the idea, right? And this is something that Spiritual does a lot is they'll bring people from planet to planet depending on what you need to learn. 
So the cast-off spirits were brought to Earth to help the native human population improve. And this shows how primitive it must have been to have the flotsam from another planet to be an improvement. And, of course, the spirit world does this quite a lot. They will, they will take someone who has failed in other areas and maybe have been on a regenerative planet, but then will come as, uh, I don't want to say punishment, but as, you know, to have certain aspects of their character uh, retuned, improved, they will be brought on a planet like ours, right? A planet of atonement. What I like to call more like a planet of chaos, right? We are a little bit of a, we look to us as, as to be a planet of chaos. So what happened is, the spirits were transferred from a planet in the Capella system, were brought over and settled in four distinct groups. The first were put in the Egypt. Now, now you know why the Egyptians knew all this. Second, in Israel. Third, along the Ganges River in India. And lastly, the Aryan race in northern India. Concerning the Aryans, this is what Emmanuel said about the Aryans. From the Aryans descended most of the white people of the Indo-European family. In this lineage, one must include the Latin, the Celts, the Greeks, in addition to the German and the Slavs. So, how interesting. They even say in the book, the Chinese had a culture beforehand. They did not really need these extra spirits because actually Chinese, the Chinese culture was pretty advanced. They actually had a very advanced civilization. So they didn't think they needed that to be... Um, uh, improved, but we did. <laughs> so these were the collective spirits that were going to be the main drivers of progress in the ancient world. Emmanuel explains the absence of Chinese as when he says, when the coming of, of the proscribed souls from the Capella system occurred in the distant past, China already had a regular organization offering the most homogeneous and highly electric types on the planet regarding remaining early humans. So they were ahead of us. So they didn't need people from Capella. The group of souls of, from Capella reincarnated, who were reincarnated into ancient Egypt are cited Emmanuel as the ones who stood out most in the practice of the good and worship of the truth. How interesting is it? But that's a strong statement. It is generally accepted that in ancient Egypt, there was a system of autocratic rule and an organized priesthood which controlled the life of the people. Now, as an aside note, that I, I heard I, that Chico Xavier, the great Brazilian medium, the, the medium who psychographed uh, the book on the way of the light, was actually in the past an Egyptian pharaoh. So, John advanced. He was even then. So, this organized priesthood really controlled the life of the people. And the Egyptian priesthood was extremely advanced for its time, according to Emmanuel. And the fate, Emmanuel says, the fate of the dead and communicating with them, in addition to the plurality of existences and worlds, were, them, were for them problems that have been solved and understood. So, you know, as we think, we are, this is why this book is so exciting. We, we think we, on this book that we, uh, we know everything. We're this advanced technology. We have TV, you know, we have Internet. And, you know, ancient Egyptians, they didn't know anything. But we may be advanced technologically, but spiritually, we are far from it. In fact, uh, we are actually on the, on the wrong side of the pendulum as far as being between materialism and spiritualism. We need, you know, we have gone so far to materialism that we need to come back and be 
much more spiritual and much more knowing that we have multiple lives and that we communicate. Uh, you know, we should communicate with spirits. We should know that, you know, what karma means. And the Egyptians did. They they did. So, and this is why you see on the pyramids, you see this, this, the scale, right, where they weigh the heart, and it's all very true. And, you know, who knows? You know, there's so many things we don't know, and, and yet we think as a culture we know everything. It, it's, uh, it's quite interesting, is it not? So, so a- ancient Egypt was far ahead of us on understanding this, the spiritual plane. So e- Egypt, from what I, you know, what people can read generally, was a land of stark contrast between ruling classes, the priesthood, and the you know continuing on the bottom of society. So how does that equate to the practice of the good and truth? Two central reasons. First, the Egyptian priesthood recognized successive lives and the role of karma, as I said before. Some people were at the lowest strata of society because of past wrongs. They were there because that's where they belonged. They had something to learn. Penance of evil doings had to be paid. Secondly, the spirit kingdom acquiesced in this practice because, as stated in other areas of the book, the status of mankind was such that the institution of a distinct ruling class was part of the ingrained culture. We can only be moved gradually from inherited practices. Of all the spirits in exile on earth, the Hebrews, now we were talking about the people who were put into Israel, were the strongest and most homogeneous race, keeping their characteristics unaltered through every change. And that was in the book on page 65. So now let's talk about the people of Israel. They were the first in ancient times to understand the existence of a God, of a single deity. It's a very advanced concept, right? Because before then, when people communicated with spirits, they thought each spirit they talked to was probably some main from main deity, right? Some main god, demigod, or whatever. And then the Hebrews lived all social and, and political environments, yet still retain their culture and faith, even today. And according to Emmanuel, this, he talked about Moses. He said Moses was a medium extraordinaire. He performed great feats before his amazed brethren and compatriots. This is when he received the Ten Commandments. For Christ's emissaries on Mount Sinai, and to which this day represents the basis for all the justice in the world. So I thought this, you know, it's amazing. So, you know, he said Moses existed, and he was an extraordinary medium. Oh, and I have a message from uh, Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne. Says She loves my work. How wonderful. Thank you. Anything, you, questions you have, please ask me. So the spirit world sent Moses on a mission so first, think about already. This is already upending everything we know, right? Um, and I'll go. Let me go off on to something else. The other thing, in one of the other books I read, the Chico Xavier uh, psychograph, was there was a lecture by a professor saying, "Yes, and we we brought these. We first brought intelligence to humans because the spirit world, going way back when, as uh, as they created the earth and they created." the different life forms of dinosaurs, and they wiped out the dinosaurs. It's all about, they were doing all this to put evolution through so they could create a vessel for a human-type soul, and that's us. Now, there are many other planets, there's many other people on other planets. They don't all look exactly like us, but they're, they're, they're similar. They, as far as intelligence and what they can do, they may look different and things like that, but they're a human-like uh, uh, being. And they're human-like being because they need an animal 
uh, intelligent enough to put our spirit brain, uh, not put our spirit, but uh, connect to our spirit. If you remember, spiritism says we are composed of three objects, right? We have the, the, our spirit, which is kind of ethereal. The parispirit will connect our spirit to our body and in our physical body. And our physical body comes and goes as we need it going through life after life. So anyway, and they said this happened about 40,000 years ago. So I looked up and said, well, be like, what happened? Is, has anything that we've seen happened 40,000 years ago? And you'll see in different archaeological uh, uh, articles that they think fire started around 40,000 years ago. So already you can see that we, when we came and stopped being this, this kind of you know, more instinctive, violent creature, we got a little bit of, as a primitive planet, so if we start out as a primitive planet, we're, you know, dog eat dog, right? Might makes right. Uh, people had a little bit more intelligence, and they were able to create fire. I thought that was very interesting. So let me go back to Israel. This is really... So, Beer World sent Moses on the mission to publicize the Word of God and his lesson for humanity. While at that time, other religions kept the inner workings of their faith secret and only accessible to the professional priesthood class. Of course, that's human nature, is it not? Human nature, even up to today, right? They try to keep everything. If they know something, they keep it secret so they can make a profit or make a living or take advantage of others because of, of what they know. So the leaders of Israel constantly reminded that another great savior of the world would arrive. In Israel's constant faith in God throughout the centuries after Moses, made this great people the logical choice of the spirit world to send our Savior, Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, when Christ came at the time of subjugation under Rome, the Israelis were hoping for a great power that would sweep away the Romans, not, not a humble carpenter who defended prostitutes and lived with the poor. Now, one can actually, you know, one can sympathize with the state of Israel at, at that time because, you know, they were... They were subjugated, as I said before, by Rome. They had Roman soldiers telling them what to do. And they thought their Savior would come and save them. And what's the definition of save, right? Get rid of the power that was here. Make them powerful. That was the culture of the day. So, uh, of course, I'm sure Jesus Christ knew all this would happen and uh, had all this planned out. So, I mean, I, I would think almost any culture, that was a hard thing in, at uh, you know more than 2,000 years ago for people to actually accept that. You know, but spiritually we need to be we need to be good because remember, Socrates was actually killed about 400 years earlier because he objected to the philosophy that Athens had at the time that Mike might makes right. That that was you know, hey, if I'm more powerful, I have more money, I can tell you what to do. There's nothing stopping me from telling you what to do. Well, Jesus came and I said, and actually Socrates tried first, and I'm, I'm other like Confucius and. Uh, you know, other people coming to earth, other of Jesus's messengers coming to earth, try to tell us, well, there's a higher uh, code of ethics you should follow. Of course, who wants to listen to that if they're powerful, right? Even today, it's tough. So, um, then the other group, the third group, was the Indians in uh, the country of India. 
And they settled around the Ganges River, who would create the Hindu civilization, a civilization that actually predated the Egyptian and arrived well before the founding of Israel, as the man reports. This is what he said. Of all the spears exiled on earth, those that gathered on the banks of the Ganges were the first to form the basis of an organized society whose centers represent the largest, largest percentage of ancestors for the collectivities of the future. So the Hindu people... You know, this a portion of them, not all of them, were originally exiled from Capella for the crime of excessive pride. This is what he said. Isn't that interesting? And what Emmanuel said is this pride, unfortunately, was carried over in their creation of a rigid class system. Or, I'm sorry, caste system, I should say. Again, like the Egyptian priesthood, the sacred knowledge of religion was hidden from most people and kept within the power of a religious elite. Human nature, again, right? It's always human nature is our great betrayer, isn't it? It's, uh, it's amazing. So now let's talk about the last group, the Aryans. Now, Emmanuel said the Aryan race was an offshoot of the Indians who created the great Hindu religion, who were exiles who determined that they should aggressively explore the planet in search of a better homeland in order to forget their past life on another planet, which was Capella. The Aryans set out from the plains of India into the Middle East, right? This is where most people always say Aryans come from, around Persia, right? Uh, Europe and Western Asia, they just spread far and wide. Now, Emmanuel describes their progress, and this is, this is why I think a lot of the, the impetus of civilization went to the Aryans. So, so listen to this. Each wave of the Aryan race assimilated the elements it encountered constructing the origins of the European civilization, and each was based on the principle of might for its establishment. And the conflict amongst families and tribes began in the old world very early on. But the key, the key point here, the key point here is actually the fact that they assimilated the cultures of those people they overran. And that's the difference. The Egyptians, the Hebrews, the Indians were all spiritually superior to the Aryan people, but they were a closed society. The spirit realm does not want us to be a closed society. They don't want us to say, no, we don't want to listen to anybody else. Or, you know, our way of doing everything is a vastly superior to yours, and you know nothing, we know everything. Just the same way, individually, they don't want us to go be a hermit in a cave or a monk, you know, cloistered away or non-cloistered away and do nothing but pray all day. No. They, you know, they want us to be out there interacting with society and helping other people, right? That's our job. Our job is not to be an island. Uh, you know, part of it is for us to inc increase our own spirituality, but it certainly is not to lock ourselves away and never do anything. So, the spirit world wanted a force that gathered all the people that were encountered. They want to make this small little snowball, make it larger and larger, that rolled downhill, right? So, and hence, it's in the seed of the Aryan race, that exploration, that Western civilization was founded, backed by the spirit world, to be a leading force of our planet. Now, in other books, right, these civilizations come and go. So, I also want to say that even in this book, there are some, there's references, on the way to the light, there's references to Atlantis and Lemuria. So, let me back up for a second. 
I saw some very small references in this book to that, so I started looking at it. And I've seen other references to Atlantis and Lemuria. And in fact, in the book uh, Beyond the Veil by the uh, Reverend G. Val Owen, they talk about the fact that the human race has been, you know, has been technologically advanced before and that our advancement uh, got our, our technological advancement was ahead of our, our spiritual advancement our spiritual uh, morality. And therefore, they said, oh, you're too far advanced. We've got to pull you back, and we will uh, destroy your land, right? And they actually said this has happened more than a couple of times. So I don't, you know, so you can count uh, Lemuria and Atlantis, and I don't know what the other times or how how exactly all that happened, but it does lead credence, even, you know, that Atlantis and Lemuria were real and that they were subsequently destroyed. By the um, by, the spirit world, because we had gotten ahead of our skis, so to say, and in fact, let me again kind of go off on another tangent. According to uh, Chico Xavier, and this is again, and this will be pertinent to go more in the book and talk about the Roman Empire. In 1969, when uh, men went to the moon. Oh, hello, uh, Julius says hello, Brian. Everyone from Australia, hello, Australia. I'm so glad you're here. So anyway, in 1969, when men went to the moon, the uh, community of pure spirits uh, met. And actually, in this book, again, On the Way of the Light, they had talked about two previous meetings of the community of pure spirits, and there's going to be a third one pretty soon. And this was, book was in 1938, and then it happened in 1969. First, the first meeting of community pure spirits was the formation of the solar system and the earth. And the second is when Jesus came to our planet. So the third one actually happened after this book was published, and it was 1969. Why was it in 1969? Well, that was the year men went to the moon. And, this, and the other spirit realm, now, look, as much as we think the earth is not isolated, right? Our vibrations, our emotions, our 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 harmony amongst ourselves, either our violent, anti-harmony, maybe anti-vibrations, or our, our, uh, our, uh, our good vibrations is felt by other planets. So it flows out through the solar system, out into the galaxy. And they said, well, you know, here's the Earth again, and it looks like they're too far ahead technologically for their spirituality. There's still, still wars and everything. So what was reported by uh, Chico Xavier was that Jesus intervened and said, look, let's give them 50 years. If there is not a nuclear war in 50 years, then uh, we will continue on. If there is, then we will pull back and, uh, and you know, retard their scientific progress by some, you know, heavy cataclysms. So in July of 2019, 50 years will be up. After that, there's going to be many good things happening from what I hear. In fact, it was imputed by Chico Xavier that we may be uh, visited by superior alien cultures that would actually help us out. So, But that's not in this book, On the Way of Light. But it was, it talked about that and it was hinted that. And I wanted to give that to uh, all, all of our listeners out there. So... But let's talk about the birth of Western civilization because this, is, this just shows you, you know, 
why things are happening. And, and this also should show you why, you know, why are these students saying, this is horrible, Western civilization is horrible, or I'm a victim, or I've done this. When you know spiritism is, first of all, if you think you're a victim, most probably you were on the opposite side before, and you're learning to be on this side this time. That's why we should not ever say we're victims. We should say, okay, I understand. I'm going to learn this, and I'll, I'll try to make things better for everybody. But let's not start being violent and start talking about victimhood when we all have things to learn. And we're all placed in exactly where we should be, even though you know, many of us don't want to admit that, and I don't blame anyone. So Westernization, with so many current academics, daily deplore and putatively attempt to diminish its abundance, achievement, lasting power, on the way to the light, demonstrates that step-by-step step how this overwhelming force came to be. From a group of warring tribes, to the leader of, of the known world. Tribes which only recently plunged the entire planet into the de- devastation of World War II. One of the first societies created by the Aryans was ancient Greece, composed of city-states, who began the long trial for democracy for our world. A concept not discovered, or if it had been, was stamped down without mercy by other rulers at that time in history. Emmanuel praises Athens over Sparta, who he equates with Nazi Germany, by stating, Athens, on the other hand, was the birthplace of true democracy, a nation that loved freedom deeply. Also, Emmanuel goes on to say that Sparta was people, I mean, I'm sorry, Germany was, uh, and the Prussians were people, were peopled by many descendants from Sparta. So it, it, they say that these things all kind of go from country to country. And, you know, Rome, the Romans, a lot of Romans went to England, went to the United States, and they use, remember, that we're all, this physical body here, right, can be destroyed any time. We're like chess pieces. They take one chess piece, you know, oh, that's it test pieces off the board, then they'll put them on the board for a later game. And they have these personalities. So think about, think of the Monte Carlo analysis and uh, the billions of people that they can use to, to go from one place to another and to put these people into different, different places to achieve the goal they want to achieve. And I'll, I'll go more on that. So he talked about Athens. So the desire by the spirit world to, um, Encourage a form of government formed by responsible in, individuals is a recurring theme in the book. The spirit world does not condone a violent or repressive government, say communist China was, uh, Russia, Venezuela is today, North Korea, another good example, that restricts freedom and the ability for expanding our scientific horizon. They don't want to, they also don't want something like the uh, Spanish Inquisition, right? They want you to. They, they would like to have everything kind of glide up together, but of course that does not work for human history. That's why sometimes we go through material expansion, sometimes we go through a spiritual expansion. So they want an environment where each person succeed or fail based on their choices. They, they don't want a nanny state that channels people to be wholly dependent on the government. So this is important for, I think, many of us to understand is that you know, and I, I totally understand, and I think a lot of these people who uh, created this complete socialist, uh, what, you know, they would think would be utopia, where, you know, a small group of people control everything for your own good. They don't really want that because, first of all, think. Well, first, my, my conjecture is that any type of government is going to fail because why? Okay, you could, you know, no matter how perfect you made it, why would the form of government fail? 
Well, because we're in charge, right? We're humans. And humans are corrupt and we're not spiritually advanced enough. That's why that's why in democracy, at least some sort of 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 a little bit of laissez faire, right? We're let us make our own mistakes where we can actually examine. This is why we're in we're on the school of earth, right? So we can we can do these form of governments. We can say, oh, well, that was a bad idea. So we should not impose too much of our will. Now, he also said that, but we should still take care of the poor. This is what Emmanuel said, described about Athens. He said they took care of the poor and disfavored era society. They welcomed foreigners, oversaw labor, and encouraged trade, industry, and agriculture. All very important aspects. So. What I'm not saying is that the Free World wants us to have a a um, complete dog eat dog existence, right? A, a perf, you know, a, a libertarian view of a capitalist state. No, it, it should be balanced. And this is hard given our, our culture. People are, are love to take sides and and be mean to each other. I just wish we were all a lot nicer because I'm sure most of us all want what is good and logical. If we would think, sit back and think about what is good and logical, we would all come to settlements. We may be wrong, but if we would have the wherewithal to admit mistakes, we would be much better off. So unfortunately, Athens has failed to maintain its desire and freedom and justice by con- you know, condemning Socrates to death. As I said before, they, you know, they didn't like someone to try to input to say that no, there's higher morals than you being in charge of everybody. So according to Emmanuel, Socrates was an advanced messenger for the teachings of Jesus. And when you get into the Socratic dialogues, you see a lot of that. You know, again, the golden rule. And it, it, it was a great book for other people. And it actually actually published about the golden rule. is kind of replayed in each major religion, uh, Islam, Buddhism, Confucianism, uh, you know, even just you know the philosophy, right? You'll you'll find that. So it's uh, very interesting. So what happened is, due to the failure of Greece to blossom to a beacon of democracy and hope, the spirit world turned its attention to Rome. And this is what Emmanuel, of course, he was a, uh, in a past life a a pretty high Roman senator. Actually, he's been a, a Roman aristocrat several times, maybe more than that. But as far as we know, he's been also he's been a Roman slave too. Um, he said about Rome, compared with its forerunners and successors, the glorious tradition of the Roman family entailed the most sublime aspect of the heroic virtues of the wife and a full understanding of the duties of the husband. So Rome was founded, according to Emmanuel, at the urging of the spirit world. And he describes the founding of Rome. Tormented and vexed by repeated battle with the Gauls, the Etruscans decided to take up a new life and guided indirectly by messengers from the invisible world. A large portion of them settled in the future Rome, which at that time was nothing but a village of simple, unprotected hovels. So that's what he said. So during the Republic era, uh, era of Roman history, it became a great power and the dominating authority of the entire Mediterranean Sea. Mars Nordstrom, right? R.C., Rome. The spirit world envisioned Rome, growing by spreading its good practices and bringing a civilized aspect to nearby nations. Regrettably, Rome's leaders tasted power, and Emmanuel describes thusly, instead of expanding its ties through education and harmony, it allowed itself to become captive to that host of aggressive 
and ambitious spirits, widening its influence in the world with the ballistas and the catapults of its warriors. It's page 102 uh, in the book, On the Way to the Light. So the Romans had brought much advancement, the concept of the family, active participation, participation, um, importance of education, honor and business dealing, and organizational structure of institutions and the building infrastructure to the ancient world. They were very advanced in many things. They're a, a marvelous culture in many, many ways. And the spirit world was to save its gift, these gifts. Thereby, they attempted to rectify the errors of Rome through the coming of Christ during Augustus's reign. The advent of Christ and his followers could not right the ship. Emmanuel comments about the fall of Rome. That's what he says. The weakness and impenitence of human beings did not allow them to understand that Christianity had been called to the role of governments solely to educate the sentiments of those who governed, preparing them to take enlightenment and fraternity to the other peoples of the earth who at that time were regarded as barbarians by the culture of the empire. Think about that for a second. Let me take a quick drink of water. So, Christ came for all of us, of course. We, we know that. But, he says, they really wanted to go after the ruling classes of Rome. They wanted to affect the ruling classes. So they say, look, stop going into, you know, Gaul and other places, wiping out villages and creating more slaves. Can you stop that? And can you actually show that your organization, your your, your sense of honor, your, uh, you know, everything else about your, your literature as a beacon to society, not as a method and an organization to enslave other people. But of course, the best way to make money, the best way to have power is to war on them, right? According to the Romans, according to many people even today. And therefore, although it's less, things are getting better no matter what we think. Things are getting better. We don't do that as much as we did before. Although more millions are killed in horrible wars. But society really frowns about about these things, which is a, a... you know, the gods in itself. So that to me was extremely enlightened. So what follows the fall of Rome truly demonstrates the power of the spirit kingdom. That's what he said. The spirit authorities under Christ Aziz renewed the educational process of the European world at the time just starting today's civilization by calling all human beings to life in the field so that by tilling the soil and being in contact with nature, they could learn more effectively. That, my friends, is called the Dark Ages. But it was a reset. It was you, you Senator, you know, Senator Publis, whatever. Oh, hello, Esaco Manero. Greetings from West Palm Beach, Florida. Well, thank you. They said great study. So, so that was called the Dark Ages. And what did you do in the Dark Ages? Well, you had a probably a mafia-like lord over you, and then you spent most of your time in the fields uh, toiling, not much for yourself, but you know. And but again, you ran to the castle whenever someone else attacked you. So this, so look at how many mar, uh, historians marvel at the fall of a great civilization into utter darkness, the loss of learning, medicine, political system. How could this have happened? It was a mass re-education of entire population required to bring civilization up to the next level. Again, you read this in many different books you know, within spiritualism, actually, uh, and beyond the veil. Is 
They talk about a spiral of history. So history isn't just a, a path going up like this. It's a spiral. So they will, take, they will take us to a certain level, as they did, I think, to the Atlanteans and the Lemurians. They'll take you to a certain level, and then they will they'll say, no, nope, that's not the way we wanted that to be. Right? You, you're still, you're still too, either too cruel, not spiritual enough, you're, you're too materialistic. We will take that away from you, and then you'll learn again about how to be, and they will re-educate it. It's just like having a whole class fail a certain subject, and uh, their principals and the, the teacher says, no, this whole class, sorry, you fooled around in class, you didn't pay attention, you are all going to retake this class, and that's really what's happening to, to us. And we do that on an individual basis, of course, all the time. So, but, they took, then they created the Renaissance, and the re-education process started to end during the Renaissance. In the 15th century, Emmanuel describes how the spirit world engineered the, the transformation. Now, remember what I talked about, the fact is that we're all reusable chess pieces, right? This is, this, is the, this is the great thing about the spirit world. Let's say, well, let me read this first, and then I, I will talk about it, because this is very interesting. They also sent, so this is what he said, Former masters of Athens reincarnated in Italy to spread the most beautiful jewels of genius and sentiments in the areas of painting and sculpture. England and France prepared for the great democratic mission that Christ was entrusted to them. So, spirits who had made a difference in Greece and Rome, well then, okay, you're going to be put here. Now, those people were on types of missions, and one of the great mysteries is to let me go, how could you know you're on a mission when you don't know anything about your past life? And that could be a whole other program, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it short and simple here, is that as your life goes on, you will be shunted into certain, in certain situations as to bring out your, your spirit personality, right? And Spiritism tells us when you're about 15 15 to 18, your, your spirit personality starts to become dominant. Before that, you're a child, and they're hoping your, your parents can help you learn new things and be a better person. But then you know, your personality, and then as it was modified by your childhood, starts coming out, and your talents are coming out. That's why some people come out as geniuses, and some people come out pretty dull, uh, like me. So that is how that works. That's why there's, you know, whereas a ghost of, you know, Spiritism and the founders of, of our country say all men should be created equal and everyone should be cre- uh, treated with respect. That doesn't mean everyone is equal in ability, and that is because we're all at different levels of uh, spiritual maturity. Some of us are newly arrived primitive spirits. Some of us are uh, other levels. So that's why you know we need to love everybody and respect everyone, but there will always be managers and workers. Because everyone is at different levels, it's, you know, it's natural. And one day, you know, everyone's going to be pure. So that's why when we look at people who we think are inferior to us, they're really not. They're just at a lower stage. And, we, and one day, you know, we could be working for them. They could all of a sudden ascend much higher in other lives. So the spirit world also brought uh, sent reformers to, to bring the Catholic Church to the humble teaching of Jesus. So starting in the 12th century, the spirit world preparing for the great re-education process of the Renaissance, determined the church needed to relearn humility and charity. And this is what Emmanuel said about that. 
To that end, one of Jesus' greatest apostles reincarnated, he didn't say who, as Francis of Assisi. And so the Franciscan order differentiated themselves by not living in monasteries. And Emmanuel stresses that these selfless spirits realized that the best way was to pray to God through constructive work aimed at making the world and hearts better. In other words, remember in, uh, in, in our uh, history classes, we learned that a lot through the Middle Ages, people, you know, kind of just men and women went to monasteries and, you know, tried to just wall themselves off from the world. Who can blame them, of course? But that's not what we're meant to be, as I said earlier. So, Emmanuel states the outcome of that wonderful experiment very succinctly about, you know, bringing out St. Francis of Sissi. Even so, he said, the church failed to grasp the fact that his lesson was meant for it and once more refused the gift from Jesus. And this is another theme you see in other spiritual writings. The Catholic Church, other churches, is they get to uh, other religions in other parts of the world. They get to the point where they become a power structure. They believe that you should serve them, not them serve you. And not to get too far off the field, but eventually uh, churches, what spiritism says is that eventually the world's religions will adopt uh, spirit system as far as reincarnation, karma, etc. But churches will really be a place of helping healing, education, those type of things. They will be there to serve the people. That's why we as spiritists, there's no organized religions about us. We're not, we are a doctrine, not a religion. We don't, we don't have real prayers. We don't have like a head of anything. We have someone who probably organizes stuff, of course. Uh, but we don't have like a priest or a reverend, uh, those, those type of things. And there's no food restrictions. There's no dress restrictions. Uh, because we're all here to meant to love each other and to find our own spirituality and to help society find it. And for people who are interested, I uh, recommend you go to my site, nwspiritism.com. I have a, uh, a PDF actually on the Facebook site, Spiritism and the Spirit World around us. Those looking at face, uh, on Facebook live on this right now, you can click on the file section up in one of the tabs. And you'll see a free download of Spiritism 101, the third revelation. I also have it on my on my uh, blog site, nwspiritism.com, and you can get that for like 99 cents on Kindle, and I think it's 5.99 paperback. If that's you know, everyone has different ways they want to read things, uh, and you can find that book that introduced you to that. I also recommend, of course, as I said before, click on the picture of Alan Kardec, read the Spirits book. Some people will read the Spirits book and go, "Oh my God!" Like, like me, it's like this is it. Uh, now I understand. Other people say, that's eh, a little bit too dry. Uh, so everybody has different ways of, of learning. That's why I've written uh, my books like Explore Your Destiny. Can I kind of go through what Emmanuel says of how the spirit world you know, has shaped the different spheres around the earth, how they've guided our destiny, those type of things. And then also the case for reincarnation, where says, why are you reincarnated? It's more of a personal, you know, for you is why are you reincarnated, how you help your, your rein, uh, plan out your reincarnation. So... Okay, so as I said, Emmanuel grasped that fact. You know, the church did not did not learn the lesson. It did. Of course, they were more in, interested in their own power. So finally, at the start of the Renaissance, the spiritual decided to be more direct in response to the push by Pope Leo the Tenth to sell indulgences. Right? Remember that time. This is the reason for uh, he did the reconstruction of the Saint Peter's Basilica. 
they sent Martin Luther to the earth, and he wrote to his bishop what was known as the 95 Thesis, stressing that only God could forgive sins. And from that occurrence, the Protestant Reformation began. And the revolt from the corrupt Catholic Church also spread to England, where King Henry VIII removed the church from power. Emmanuel gives his opinion on Henry and England at that time. This is what he says. Even though Henry VIII has erred as a man, of course, you remember he killed some wives and other people, the English people were being prepared to fulfill a great mission, and it behooved the spirit world to labor in order to preserve their heritage of political freedom. So after a string of despotic kings in the Civil War, England brought William of Orange to lead the country. And during this time, the English Parliament created the Bill of Rights, which gave certain rights to people under the power of a monarchy. And England had accomplished one of its, according to Emmanuel, England has accomplished one of its noblest duties by consolidating the formulas of parliamentarianism, because under this structure, all social classes are required to cooperate and oversee the government. So the spirit world wants us all involved. Doesn't mean they want us all. It doesn't mean they want a a type of democracy where everyone just votes for their own um, uh, benefit, right? Where where the ancient Greeks always say these things happen. They want us all involved in being responsible. So Europe continued its society to advance its society in scientific areas, but as the 1900s approached. The continent was caught in competitions to see who could build a bigger colonial empire. But before I go to there, I want to talk about one other thing. I almost skipped over this. Napoleon. This is very interesting. Napoleon was sent on a mission. The Sphero, of course, knew the, uh, the revolt would happen right after the American revolt. And they sent Napoleon to, to protect the borders of France, and to reorganize the country. Of course, Napoleon did that actually very well. Uh, the Napoleonic Code is still used today by many countries, right? And in fact, most of you know, we here in the English-speaking world were used to uh, common law, which is a law built up. But uh, many countries, Italy, you know, Brazil, you know, Spain, uh, France, they use the Napoleonic Code or derivatives of that, where everything is coded. Right? You don't you don't take a, a case law after case law. So he did that very well. And it's interesting, uh, Emmanuel said, "He said we knew he wouldn't be on his mission as soon as he invaded Egypt. So he was not supposed to go and take over Europe. This, now this shows you this shows you the limits and how you know and how they have to work with us to plan our our um, path to perfection and uh, and our path to the plan of regeneration is that they send us on there and we all you know we all like you know make mistakes and errors and then these these high high spirits and you know Napoleon was a military genius he found it too easy to de- you know to defeat and then of course he went after that so this shows you that the spirit world doesn't really want you know colonial empires and of now let me get back to where we were so in that way. The continent was, as many of us, was in the com- uh, competition as you could build a bigger colonial empire. So right back where they were with Rome, where instead of being this shining light city on the hill, it's saying, this is how you should be. They went and they just attacked, right, and said, okay, we'll take you over and we'll use you and, and suck money from you, right? So the, 
Franco-Prussian War of 1870 was a precursor to the terrible dis- devastation of World War I. And during this time, the old colonial power saw their sub- reach severely diminished. World War II, this was on purpose, stated by Emmanuel, finished off any further thoughts of building empires. He actually said, after war, he said, look, there's going to be a world war. This is going to finish Europe as a power. This was in this book, 1938, everyone. It happened, right? Is Europe a military power today? No, not at all. It's a shadow of its former self, which is good. So from these events, we can determine that the spirit world has continually strived for a society where all people partake in our governments, and when those democratic or republican form of governments turn to uh, be aggressive or despotic and violent empire building, then these countries are slowly sapped of power by the machinations of the spirit world. We have karma. Countries have karma. Organizations have karma. So this is like when World War II, you could see when they were expanding, the Germans and the Japanese were expanding. Uh, it caught up with them, right? Then they all collapsed. And they lost actually fairly rapidly when you think that World War II, as far as when America started, it was about a five-year Span. So then Emmanuel starts talking about the vision for the future. So this is what he said. The spirit world's vision could see the demise of Europe. Therefore, from the beginning of the discovery of the new world, they started to plan for the future of the Americas. Emmanuel describes the plan to bring a fresh beginning to the new land. So what he said, all the spirits called together to organize future progress flocked to the hemisphere of the new world. Many of them had acquired the sense of fraternity and peace after many struggles on their former continent. Being reincarnated, incarnated, I should say, in the pastoral setting of the United States as a farmer is probably a a wonderful present for, for many, right? You can fend for yourself. The Americas were being set up, and I'm taking America, North and South America, for a greater good and primed to be ready for the next defining advancement. In parallel with sympathetic souls reincarnating in the Americas, a group of distinguished philosophers in Europe, such as Voltaire, Rousseau, Montesquieu, would lead the new American society to the future. The writing of these wise men were welcomed and adapted by the British colonies in North America. And when England refused the concept of equal representation, the American colonies rebelled and gained independence. The United States Constitution became a model for many countries. In South America, the former colonies of Spain declared independence. Later in 1822, Brazil proclaimed their emancipation from Portugal. And Emmanuel makes this interesting observation. Attentive to the mission of the Brazilian people in a civilization to come, it is worth noting that the efforts of the invisible plane in maintaining Brazil's territory integrity while the rest of the continent was being split into smaller republics. So remember, everything around Brazil was all the Spanish colonies. They could have been kept as uh, Simone Bolivar wanted, as one huge uh, nation. Uh, it wasn't uh, because of the spirit world, probably whispering people's ears and, and, and guiding the right people to the right places. But Brazil was kept uh, integral. Now, we know why Brazil is important at that time, because it brought it brought spiritism back, right? Because spiritism started in the 1850s under Allan Kardec, who's called the great codifier. Uh, just to let people know, Allan Kardec, who uh, 
did the Spirits book of Genesis, um, the Gospel according to Spiritism, uh, Heaven and Hell, and I'm forgetting one. Um, what he did is he didn't he didn't communicate with spirits like you'll see many people's books. I'm not saying anything wrong with these books, and they, you know, a lot of mediums will channel one spirit and they they bring everything from that one spirit. Alan Kardec, what he did is he he and I won't get too much into this, but basically what he did is he wrote a question of 1,019 questions in the spirit books. And he gave these questions to mediums throughout Europe, and he did not write them down in his book unless the answers agreed with one another. So they came from many spirits. In fact, you'll find it interesting to see some of the spirits communicating St. Augustine, uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci Galileo, uh, or some of them. It's amazing. So, the other thing I like to say is, uh, talk a, a little another interesting nugget of fact, is the Emperor Don Pedro the second, what, who his uh, daughter actually freed uh, the slaves. He was a wonderful emperor. If you read about him, he was like the, uh, the philosopher king in Plato's Republic, right? I mean, he was just a wonderful guy. Of course, he was deposed in a coup later on. But the Emperor of Brazil was a reincarnation of Longinus. Now, who's, he, was the, he was the Roman centurion who put the spear, the spear in Jesus to make sure he was dead. And um, so this shows you that no matter you know, what you did, that was a really pretty bad mistake, right? One would think. Uh, but Jesus loves us all. And he said, you know, you are going to be the emperor of Brazil and, and please do a good job. And he, he did a wonderful job. He, he was, you know, if you read about him, he's such a good ruler. He was amazing. You know, what a great guy. So the spirit world has a definite plan for the Americas. And um, Emmanuel described, this is the mission of the new world, right? The North and South America. On that field of new and regenerative struggles, all spirits of good will work for the advent of peace and fraternity for human, humanity's future. And for that reason, having in mind the forthcoming centuries, they define the role of each region on the new continent. Placing the brain of the new civilization where today's United States is located in North America and its heart in the abundant and welcoming lands of Brazil and South America. Where have we gotten from Brazil? Spiritism has like reignited, right? And it's just now spreading throughout everything. Um, wonderful. The former was to hold the material powers, meaning the the, uh, the America, uh, United States, and the latter the first fruits of the spiritual powers destined for the planetary civilization of the future. So what you've seen from Chico Xavier and other spiritist writers in Brazil is just just the beginning. This is what spiritism is. So in in the Bible, spiritism tells the Bible is a wonderful book, and that we should always know that anything about love and and kindness is uh, <laughs> is is forever. But the things in the Bible, as far as um, as you know, like in the Old Testament, go to the city and kill everybody, or the earth was created in six days. Yeah, those, what they tell us is those things are are given to people of what they could understand in their technological advancement at that at that moment, right? So uh, there's many things in the Bible. Because the Bible is not written by God, it was written by people interpreting uh, 
uh, in being inspired by messages. So there's there's things that one should not uh, take literally. So now I just got a question. Uh, it says it seems like the U.S. is going backwards. Well, you know, and a lot of people tell me, and it's not you know like oh the whole world is chaos. Everybody hates each other. There's wars, and you know we have a tendency, and and I totally understand what what people are thinking, right? And and I don't blame you at all, and, and I, I get that into myself. But then I, I, I try and 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 look at if the spirit says the spirit world says, look, humans, you on Earth, you see fifty to hundred year span. That's nothing, right? You have to look at thousands of years. And what spiritism does for you is it it lets you stand on the top of a mountain and look down about about. Um, look down on your path, right? So when you're on this path walking and you're, you see all these stones and these boulders in your way, but when you're on top of this 10,000 foot mile, mile, uh, no, I'm sorry, 10,000 foot high mountain, you see the path looks smooth. And that's what we go through life after life. Now, the other thing I was talking about is history goes in spirals, right? So these things will go back and forth. And yes, there's, there's, it seems like we're going backwards, right? And and it's also like if if you look at the United States, and when we're we're not supposed to be a colonizing power, but yet United States, but we, we took we fought Spain, we took we took control of Puerto Rico, Philippines, Cuba for a while, right? Um, we did those things which we should not have done. So yes, there there you know, as I said before, don't expect anything to be smooth. Why shouldn't we expect it to be smooth? Because Humans live on this planet. We're going to have to, you know, when you look at these things, think about what we're learning from them. Think about what type of example, good or bad, right? Just like in, you know, think about if you were in Russia in the 1917s, 18s, 19s, and you saw a communist took over and kill anybody that stood in their way. You said, this is horrible. We're going backwards. Well, it sure seemed like that. But what happened? Later is that now we know that communism is not an answer. It does. It breeds corruption and it breeds violence, right? Just like Cuba is today, where it's more of a mafia state. Uh, North Korea is horrible too. Um, but those are lessons that we have to learn. And, and so, yes, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and these things will feel that way, and they actually will, you know, feel and be that way. I guess is the correct answer. But uh, you have to look at things that sometimes we, we have to learn the hard lessons. It's, it's like you have a child and you know your child's not going to do anything perfect. And in fact, sometimes it's better for them when they're a child to make some drastic mistakes, not too drastic mistakes, but make mistakes so they can learn from that, right? Because we certainly, as a human collective human race, do not learn the easy way, do we? We have to sometimes learn. But now the good thing about that, as we see these things going on, we see the corruptions on both sides of the aisle, we, we understand that, you know, you know, both parties and, you know, there's corruption in everywhere in different countries, and that's not good. And so we take these things, we take these things to heart. And then as we pass away and we go back to the spirit world, we'll come back and we'll say, uh, you know, if I'm ever in a politician, I'm not going to do that, right? I'm not going to sell my vote. I'm not going to take advantage of other people. And, and hopefully that will, that will make us stronger. Um, so I hope that 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 helps you. That I mean, give you some perspective. Uh, 
And if, if you can't, sometimes you have to just kind of turn off the news, right? And, and try to withdraw a little bit from that. And I understand, right? Because the internet and the news is always, it's, it's there to ping you and it's there to get your emotion up and it, it's hard to resist. But you just have to think that guy, hey, we're in a thousand year march here. Now, let me just talk about that for a second. We're a plan of atonement. We are, according to many spiritists, and according to um, other people who, who feel this new vibration on Earth, we are coming up on a better vibrational level. Now, as the other person said, it doesn't feel that way. But many people are saying that, and spiritists are telling us that more and more good spirits are reincarnating. In fact, Socrates and Buddha are supposed to be coming back pretty soon. Uh, so as Emmanuel, he actually was born in around the year 2000, yeah, who was a man, um, Chico Xavier's mentor. Chico Xavier will be his mentor in the spirit world as Emmanuel is born. These people will come to help us. In fact, in um, the book, The Planet in, in Transition, they were talked about people from other planets who are planet regeneration are coming here to be doctors, uh, politicians, and they describe them as Politicians who come to help people, right, not be corrupt. Doctors who come to help and help people not to worry about how much money they're going to make on a certain operation. And so this is, you know, this is what you have, this is why this book is so great because you understand that these things is, you're just putting pieces on the board and it's not like checkmate, you know, real quick. It's like these things evolve over time. You, you put enough good spirits, enough spirits who have this, this thought on a certain thing, what do you get? Well, you get the, you get the United States, right? Think about the, the fathers of our country. What a brilliant group at that time, and what a a you know an unusually dull group that were in charge of Great Britain at that time. Because usually Great Britain had great prime ministers and wonderful people, right? But that you know Lord North and those type of people, uh, uh, they weren't that you know they did they did stupid stupid things which was amazing because usually Great Britain always had an excellent government and some great prime ministers. Um, so these things are all, you know, they're all machinations, right? They're, they're manipulations of us. And you have to kind of look at it and go, oh, my God, that's pretty brilliant, right? You, you put enough pieces of a certain type of manner and thinking, and uh, you will move us. Now, just like Napoleon, think Accidents will happen, right? Un, unexpected events, but over the long term, it will all smooth out. So, who and what is the spirit world that is guiding us? And Emmanuel tells us, I want to end with this, is the traditions of the spirit world say, the governance of all the phenomena of our system, there's a community of pure spirits, which I talked about earlier, chosen by the Supreme Lord of the universe, whose hands hold the guiding reins of life of all planetary collectivities. There's life all around. We don't see it. We're on this one dimension. From what we've been told, the community made up of perfected angelic beings, of which Jesus is one of the divine members, has met in the vicinity of Earth only twice. I talked about that earlier. So, and I said before, the first time of the formation of our planet. So now, and I talked to you about what happened in the 1960s. So there you have it. We have been created, you know, like, like Australia. I got someone from Australia watch this program from a class of convicts. We have and are being guided to reform ourselves. Those that have chosen wisely in their course of lifetimes on earth may stay and reside in our reform prison. For others, like the original forced migration of millions of spirits from Capella, 
The transports are being ready to a primitive planet. So this is this is what I want to talk about. If when as we advance towards a planet of regeneration, so again the planet of atonement is where we pay for our past wrongs. A planet of regeneration is be less hate, war, envy, those type of things. We're going to actually work together. We will become more like what heaven truly is, a great place where people love each other, support each other. But there will be a percentage of us that you know, will be tied materially, right? We'll still want to, still want to make, money, make money from other people. Exactly, you know. Oh, it looks like someone just finished up Liberation by Xavier. Uh, uh, that, the book Liberation, amazing book. I, I, um, that is uh, an eye opener, isn't it? Now, isn't that one of the most amazing books? Um, I'm getting off track here, but the other book you may want to read is The Memoirs of a Suicide by Yvonne Piera. Oh my heavens, uh, Camille Bronco, the uh, the the spirit that uh, helped Yvonne Piera write that book uh, was. It's just amazing. And you can find that on EDICEI uh, website, Memoirs of a Suicide. It's in English. I recommend it. It's just, just amazing. Oh, there you go. You've read it. What do you, what do you think? So now, now I can't remember where I was. Oh, yes. So as we go to the plant regeneration, there are going to be spirits who do not want to become what we should be, right? So why are we on earth? Why are we coming here? And you know, I'm sure many people know this already, but we are here to correct our fault, our flaws, our our character flaws. We get too excited, we gossip mean about people, we take advantage of others, we lose our temper, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those things we need to learn to remove, right? To remove from ourselves. It's not easy, believe me. I'm not even close to there yet, uh, but. We have to start training our, our actions, our habits, and our minds to listen to our conscience, right? Our conscience is given to us by the spirit world. It's a gift from God. We all have that. We have that set of divine rules. Unfortunately, most of us, and me completely included, as you become you know, older and older, you really learn how to rationalize not obeying your conscience. Now, what you need to do now, once you become more spiritual, is to make the sacrifices to listen to your conscience. And yes, there will be sacrifices. You will be put in in uh, positions of of where you have to make decisions. Well, and thank you, Suzanne. So she said uh, she listens to our podcast frequently. This is her first live event. That's wonderful. Yeah, this is only the second time I've done that. So I I plan just for letting everybody know. I plan on doing this every Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. 7 p.m. Eastern, on, of course, all throughout the world. I don't know all the different you know, uh, offsets in, in the time zone. And I will try and do that. Uh, please join our Spiritism and the Spirit World around us on Facebook. And then I, I have an event there, and then I will start And when that event starts. And I will usually put the week before what, what we'll talk about. Next week we'll talk about kind of my uh, advance, my, my discovery of Spiritism, how it's affected me and, and what it means. Uh, but let me finish up here because I have gone over uh, some time. So as those people who do not want to learn the new path, who do not want to remove their blemishes, and you know I understand, they will not be allowed to be on this planet. They will be put on another planet of atonement where they can continue on their lesson, right? Just like 
a a uh, a child who failed fourth grade, they'll have to repeat fourth grade again. They'll have to go back on the planet of of atonement, and then we will have a much better uh, life here on on the planet of regeneration on Earth. Now, of course, who knows who's going to go where, right? Because as you incarnate in life after life, you will be shuntered to planets that will you know most uh, help you advance in your spiritual. Uh, in your spirit, uh, spirit, quest for spiritual uh, purity, which is wonderful. The spirit world is just uh, amazing. And um, I just hope, you know, spiritism to me has just meant so much. Now I'll talk about it more next week, but it, is, it just frees you up. It gives you a perspective, as like I said before. It gives you a perspective of being on top of that mountain and not letting the little things, you know, like what you see on TV, although it still does, but it helps, I should say. It doesn't solve it completely. But it helps you give a uh, perspective on the chaos of life around us. And when you see people that, you know, may have had a tragic accident or die early, you know, you think are innocent. And yet there's, there's a plan for them. And these things are, all, you know, mostly predetermined. And um, the spirit world has, has really our, our uh, best intentions at heart they're they're helping us learn now the way we learn may we may you know like any any small child say well you know i don't want to do that of course i don't blame them um but they're it's it's for our best anyway i want to thank everybody i think it's uh i hope everyone's appreciated this broadcast i uh i uh enjoy it thank you for listening and giving me your comments this is uh, pretty exciting and on cardac radio don't forget that we are here Every uh, every Sunday uh, on four o'clock, and then on Kardec Radio, you can listen to uh, recorded programs that are played over and over again. Not just my show, but other great shows like Vanessa Antoloni, who talks about mediumship and other people. They have programs for children. Uh, so Kardec Radio, look that up on your uh, uh, PlayStation or your uh, uh, your your App Store uh, from the uh, iOS operating Apple Apple operating system, and you can listen to that anytime. And I want to say, uh, God, God bless everyone, and you have a great time. And I'll put my ending, my ending uh, music on. And again, we're here in Bainbridge Island, Pacific Northwest. If you are ever in the neighborhood, please look me up, and we'd love to have you come and visit us. I'll put my end credits on. Ciao, everybody. God bless. I would like to thank everyone for listening to our program on Cardac Radio and to point you in the direction to find more information about the spirit world around us. You can visit my blog at www.nwspiritism.com. Again, that is www.nw, as in Northwest, spiritism.com. And if you are ever in the Northwest, I certainly would welcome to have you come to our meeting on Bainbridge Island near Seattle in the state of Washington. Many blessings to all of you, and please continue to explore spiritism and the spirit world around us.